the great team-ups of history. Mike and Alex. Batman, Superman, Ant-Man and the Wasp. We're doing Ant-Man and the Wasp. That's right. Ant-Man and the Wasp minisode. That's right. The two faces of Two-Face. That's a good team-up. Ooh, Dent and Two-Face. Yeah. Ooh, I can't wait for that movie. Did you hear that they greenlit the... Uh, well, then there's two Joker movies going on. What the... Yeah, what the hell is that? I don't know, but one of them is fast... Not fast... One of them is Fast Track, because it's coming out fucking next October with Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker, directed uh-huh. by the director of The Hangover, and uh, they got the uh, costume designer Phantom Thread to be the costume designer. It's like, I like all these people. That's... I like everything that's going on right now, but why are we making this? So hopefully, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So Joaquin Phoenix would be the Joker, but he wouldn't be Doctor Strange. Whatever. Um, okay. I, th- to be fair, <laughs> jo- uh, like Doctor Strange, I can imagine being like, oh man, what a commitment. I have to be in all these fucking movies. It's going to take a lot of time. That's I, true. It's I'll like a five-year commitment. I might have to turn down roles. Yeah. And also, the Joker's just a more interesting character to play, you know? Yeah. Like, who wouldn't want to play the Joker as opposed to Doctor Strange being like, oh, I'm Doctor Strange, magic. Yeah, yeah. Even though I love Doctor Strange, but you know. Well, speaking of which, uh, Doctor Strange is a part of the MCU, and the latest installment of Marvel Studios uh, of Marvel Studios is Ant Man and the Wasp. That's not how you say that. The Wasp. Wasp. Um, wasp. The Wasp. That's like a very my Chicago accent will slip through again. The Wasp. <laughs> um. Before we get into the real... Go down, watch the Cubs. Before we get into the weeds of this, Alex, I'd like to give the audience a little anecdote. Oh, anecdotal evidence of something. Because Alex and his girlfriend and myself and my girlfriend, we made this uh, a double date. We saw this movie as a double date. We can call it that. Yeah. Right? Well, I guess. Dinner and a movie. I mean, come on. Was it there dinner? It is. I don't even remember. What was it? Yeah, I guess so. Dinner and a movie. That was that, that was, one that day. That was a double date. That was that day. It was so hot. Everyone in LA, remember that day? Of course you do, LA folks. It was a scorcher. It's like 150 degrees outside. What the fuck, God? Yeah. So why not cool down with some Ant-Man and the Wasp? Um, so I remember my girlfriend and I walking out before you and your girlfriend. And and with us, we're just like, well, yeah, that was fine. Whatever. It was fine. It was fine. And then we got down the escalator. We turned to you two, and you two were were fuming. You were fuming about this movie. Yeah, that's a strong word, but yeah, yeah. You you had some strong feelings about this movie. Ma- I, however, I did not have any strong feelings. Seems like you this don't movie. have any feelings about the movie. No, which, which I don't saying? know if that's worse or what. But let's get into this. So let me. I'm trying to think how to how to best to preface the whole yeah. thing. Um, I will say off the bat, just my general impressions, that Ant-Man and the Wasp might be like the third worst Marvel movie. So what would be first and second? Like the original Thor, maybe. Captain America, or Iron Man 2 definitely is among... Oh, no, Captain America 2 and uh, The Incredible Hulk. Thor uh, is almost on the same level as this movie. I thought this movie was just really just like this not, not, not doing it for me, not there at all. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't... It was at. It started good, and then it just like. Is it that you puttered out? Now, now let me let me ask you this: Is it that you disliked it, or is it that you just didn't like it? Um, I mean, the thing about this movie is like, I'm not gonna go. I'm gonna sit here and be like, oh, it just fucking sucks as shit. Because like, even this movie is better than like most blockbuster type movies you know marvel's formula knows how to make a fun time movie mm-hmm. i just didn't have that much fun with it so i'm not gonna say i hated the movie yeah 
I would say that uh, if, you know, if I was given it, I would give it like two, two stars out of four. Two Maybe out of like four stars. Mediocre, okay. like you know, it's just like ugh, whatever. But like for Marvel, be on such a hot streak, it's very, very crushing to me. It's well, it is kind of because uh, they tricked me into caring about this movie. It's a little bit funny, yeah. Like, because <laughs> yeah, this has been otherwise this has been maybe Marvel's strongest year when it comes to their movies. I mean, not my f- personal favorite movies by them, but it is their strongest year. I mean, they have Black Panther and Infinity War, which did gangbusters. Well, it turned to box office. Gangbusters, right? I yeah. mean, um, so I think that didn't help. For sure, no. I think that didn't help. That like here's here's a year where you're following uh, Black Panther and Infinity War, and these two movies are like, you know, not only not only Marvel's maybe most uh, significant movies, but maybe just like the most significant movies of the year in general. In terms of like high high budget blockbuster movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, uh. So, I don't know. It, it's hard to gauge. Like, okay, so let's go back to the first Ant-Man movie, right? Uh-huh. Because that came out after Age of Ultron. and That was a bad year for Marvel. Age of Ultron was this movie that was sort of stuck in, uh, you know, the lower tier of, of Marvel. And then everybody sort of was like, well, Ant-Man doesn't really help this this case right here for like in Marvel movies. And like, what are we doing, guys? What are we doing with these movies, right? So... And that's because I think the first Ant-Man movie was a very casual, very low-key, very like, hey, you can take your your six-year-old to this, you can take your grandma to this, and they're going to just have a fun time and eat some popcorn, and like everybody's having a fun time. Paul Rudd is like this family-friendly, charismatic, you know, he's just this fun-loving dude, and you get to watch him have a cute little adventure, and this is this is it, right? That's the impression I got of the first movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it was sort of critically panned for that, right? Now, coming into this next movie, I I was like, well, it's going to be just like the first one. Definitely, right? And it's it's definitely going to be this low-key thing. It's going to be a, a cute, charismatic movie. And, you know, where it depends on what kind of Marvel movie you like. But it, most people are going to be like, well, eh. Right? So, mm-hmm. me going into it, it's like I had no expectations. Well, neither did I. And coming out of it, I'm just like, well, that was cute. That was fun. I'm, you, I'm done. See, the problem with me is I didn't have fun. Okay. So, let, let's get into that. I want to hear more about so that. So, I thought, well, let me just like kind of go off and just like real... You know, I, I, I don't want to start negative. So, positives. Yeah. You know, uh, movie, uh, all the actors are good. You know, all, I think... Um, it was, you know, mostly funny. I don't think there was ever like a, there was no no bad jokes. No, there's a couple. I can't recall. I mean, that was you know, it wasn't like I wasn't like busting my gut. It's definitely funnier than Deadpool, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, more jokes landed than Deadpool. For, um, Deadpool two. For yeah, Deadpool. Yeah. Um, so there was that. Like you know, I thought the visual effects were really good. Uh, you know, that was that was nice. I mean, there was no, like, even, like, in Infinity War and Black Panther had some, like, woof effects. Some, yeah. And I don't think yeah. Ant-Man and the Wasp mostly do the, its small-scale nature. No, nothing looked really uh, out of place. It was very, very tight, which is nice. Right. Uh, um, yeah, so, like, all together, like, there's not that much. And, like, I don't know, um, I think the action was fun. I mean, like, the action was good. It staged well. I could tell what's going on, all that fun stuff. Yeah. So, here's where, so I think it starts good. 
more or less. Well, first of all, I remember the opening scene. And obviously, spoilers, everyone. It's a mini show to get with the program. You've been through like 12 <laughs> of these by now. Um, it was like, Marvel's every excuse to use the anti-age technology. Every every possible excuse. I always find it funny where they start these oh, movies. They oh. start like, every time there's like there's like a sixty percent chance in a Marvel movie this it's gonna have an actor young for no reason. I feel like uh, it's always impressive and I love it, but it's at the same time it's almost you know to me it's like you could like it's kind of funny it, you know. Well, I think it would be funny if it was like Michael Douglas being like, "I'll be in your movie, but you got to show me as a hot young man. Mm. Look at this picture of me from nineteen ninety one. Remember that time I won that Oscar? <laughs> show that." Okay. You remember me from that movie, The Game? I want to look like I looked at, like in that movie, The Game. Mm, and Michelle Pfeiffer's like, I was in the last time I was in a superhero movie was Catwoman, so just do that. Oh, yeah. Just make me Catwoman again. Speaking of which, and I don't mean to fast forward to the end of the movie here, but hey, man, Michelle Pfeiffer, still great. Oh, yeah. Still great. I wish still, she was in the movie more. Yeah, a little bit more. And a little bit, well, anyway, we'll get to that. Yeah, but, so yeah. the movie starts good, like, you know. Um, Paul, oh, Paul, go ahead. That, Paul Rudd's in house arrest. That's fun. Like him interacting with the daughter is always great. I like the little maze they built. Yeah, um, in their incredibly unaffordable house that he somehow can afford. Oh yeah. In in the, <laughs> San Francisco was recently rated the highest rent in the entire world. He probably owns it through whatever, <laughs> what something or other. Um, right. And I liked oh, what's that actor's name? The FBI agent. Oh he yeah, was he, he stole the show? That guy was fucking amazing. They had good chemistry. Um, that was oh, his name is Randall Park. Yeah, he was fucking amazing. Like his yeah. the whole magic gag, like that was like the best part of the movie was him. Every scene he was in was the best part of the movie. And that's you know, I mean, I think in the first movie it was all about like Paul Rudd and uh, Bobby Cannavale, right? Yeah. They're sort of, they had that tit for tat a and little bit. And he showed back up, and you were saying he wasn't gonna, and there he was. So, yeah, you owe him five, I was happy five about bucks. That. And here he is. You know, here he is. Yeah, five bucks. Uh, uh, three years later, him and Paul Rudd are just best buds. I like that. It's a nice little, yeah, because, you, know, you know, the whole animosity, you know, uh, I'm, you know, the, the stepdad, and I'm a piece of shit. And I like, you know, like, you know, people can be friends. Yeah. Um, so that's cool. Um, but I think when the plot kicks in, it's it's just like nothing really go, it doesn't go anywhere. My So my issue, I'm going to have to talk about the movie in broad strokes because there's really no point in going through sure. it scene by scene because my issues with the movie are more of a sure overall thing, is that Ant-Man is barely a part of his own movie. He has almost no volition. He's dragged from place to place for the first like 75% of the movie. He has no agency in he's what got he's no doing. Agency. Yeah. He's just like, I got to get home. I want to be Ant-Man. Just let me be home. And they're like, well, you got to be Ant-Man just, you know, for this, this, and that reason. And he's like, fine. Uh-huh. Which I hate when they make movies like that. It's really annoying. It's like, um, yeah, people get dragged along in their own story and then they don't answer the call to adventure until like the very, very end is a really annoying. I don't like, that's not a good way to construct a story, I think. <laughs> Unless like, you know, there's like the classic, like, oh, I fell down a rabbit hole. How the fuck do I get home kind of thing? But this is not that. Uh-huh. This is different. Yeah. And he's like, also, for a good portion of the movie, Excuse not, me. not even directly involved in the action. Like he like, the first part of the movie, he's like, hey, Scott, let's watch uh, Evangeline Lily. Just do stuff. Just watch her. Just, just watch her. I had no problem with that. It's like because well, it's Ant Man and 
the wasp. And then it brings me to my other Sharing point. Sharing the screen. Brings me to my second point. They don't feel like a team at all. No, no. They are. Yeah, that was lost. Barely, like, well, first of all. They, they got very lost. They the go movie. back to, like, square zero because she actively hates them at the beginning of the movie. And they never really have much chemistry to, like, fix that bond by the end. I, I, I wasn't feeling it. Right. Um, They, like, do have the same goals, but they don't really act as a team ever. Even, like, during, so, like, even the climactic chase sequence... They're just doing their, doing their own thing separate separately. Things. Yeah, yeah. There's never like a cool tag team fight a thon. They don't like, you know, fucking any of the a pair two of the Avengers and they feel like a better team than Man and the Wasp. The, no, no, it, that is actually one thing I noticed right off the bat is for a movie called Ant Man and the Wasp, they yeah, that they, they they're not a duo. Mm-hmm. They're definitely not a duo, yeah. Uh, and that point after that also is uh so Hank Pym and uh, Hope Van Dyne, uh, Dean Van Dean Van Dyne. Oh, I I don't know. That don't matter. Are the frumpiest, unlikablest characters in the entire MCU? Who are? Wait, okay. So Hank Pym, and then who's the other person? Hope Van Dyne, the the Wasp. Oh, oh, okay. Got they it. are just grumping their way through this entire movie. It's like, why should well, I give a shit about these people? That's their shtick. Yeah, that's but like, their shtick. And here's the thing. This is what I'll this is what I'll say. Okay, like. I think the movie, like, I think the first movie had that chemistry down a little bit better. This movie, sort of, not as much. No, yeah. Right? I, but you can't, and that's the problem, is, like, I think you can't do that twice. Yeah, exactly. No one's grown between movies. In fact, yeah. growth has been lost between movies, and so we're just, like, spin the wheels trying to make up that, that lost yeah. character growth. And then also, like, again, like I said, like, all Hank Pym and, and, and Hope, they both, like, fucking, like, hate Scott for most of the movie. They well, want... at least they tied it into a bigger thing. They did, though. which is nice. I mean, like, because like Scott also sucks. Like all the main characters are kind of s- sucky douchebags, <laughs> you know. And like they're like, "Shut up, Scott! We gotta save like you know, I gotta save my mom." It's like, why do I even give a shit about any of this? Like, I have no yeah, reason to I... care about this character who I don't care is about parents. Uh huh. Like I don't like she was not a big character in the first movie. The mom. No, uh, the wasp. Oh, the wasp. So she wasn't a big character in the movie. It's the same with Hank Pym. I don't, like yeah. Hank Pym. Well, first of all, Hank Pym is like in the movie an asshole. So like, well, sure, I, but that's his character. But that's his character. He's, but he's so like, I might ignore him. But like for her, it's like, oh, I should actually have like she should be the emotional anchor of this story because it's her mom and she yeah. wants to get back. But she just doesn't it's like. I can't like need, both of them. They're just they're just like they're just like are, they're they're, jerks. they're they're grumpy. Yeah, they're just grumpy. Yeah, jerks. they're grumpy. Um, and I don't know. It's just like it's just weird. It's like when they also like I said like. I don't care about Janet Van Dyne. I don't know why I sp- I'm supposed to care. Like, the movie doesn't give me a reason to care. And is that this the is- ghost? No, uh, that's uh, the original Wasp. The mom. Oh, Janet. the mom. Janet, right. You're the Marvel guy. You should know these names. I, I, when it comes to Ant-Man, I don't know. I, I know nothing. And so, like, this whole movie, for I, I assumed, like, when the movie started, it was like, okay, so, like, you know, halfway through the movie, they'll get... Janet from the thing, oh, and there'll it'll be more be the to turning, it than that. The turning point in the movie, yeah, yeah. But like, no, that's the whole movie. The whole movie is them spinning circles, getting almost no momentum, getting this building, losing the building, getting the building, losing the building until the fucking movie ends and they finally rescue Janet from the from the quantum realm. It's just like, yeah, it just felt like a big like. I just like, it's like you're jerking me around for an hour and a half. This is like a forty five minute thing. I can handle this, you know. Well, okay, so there's things I agree with, and I guess maybe they don't, like, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I think for me, maybe it didn't bother me, whereas it maybe bothered you. And yeah, I agree. The movie didn't have, uh, 
much going on plot wise. Like I think I, I agree with you. Maybe like maybe the movie should have been about them rescuing the mom halfway through and then you know the turning point which yeah. every movie has where it's like oh shit now the plot is this right yeah. the midpoint of the movie yeah the the, right? the characters never no new data is, or no new information is ever learned the characters goals never change i find that to be a very static very boring way to write a movie like you know take any yeah. classic narrative like from a, in, a, in a filmmaking sense right like you know the goal that you start out with by the end of the movie is almost entirely different. Yeah. Or at least, yeah. like, compounded and much more nuanced and interesting. Like, yeah. for example, uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Great movie. For goal of a movie in the beginning. Well, the first goal is go to... Like, the movie shifts from goal being go to place and or, <laughs> like, you know, go... No, like, you know, go to Bullet Town or wherever they're going. Right. And then for Max, escape this thing. Yeah. To them teaming up. Let's get the fuck out of this whole situation and get to the un- the Undying Lands or whatever they call it. The Green uh-huh. Place. What is it called? The Green Place? Yeah. Oh, uh, whatever. And then after that, this sucks. Let's go back yeah, to the yeah. Water Place and we'll take it over ourselves. So, like, you know, the, the there's a journey there where as opposed to Ant-Man and the Wasp, there is no journey. It starts, the goal that they start with is the goal that they end with and they take forever to right, get there. Right, right. And that can work sometimes, but usually has to be like a Lord of the Rings kind of where traveling through various mini little challenges to get there as opposed to sort of oh no the ghost stole the building let's we got the building back oh no the ghost stole the building again ah uh, you know <laughs> okay yeah no and again like i agree with you but at the same time while like while watching the movie it wasn't bugging me like while yeah, i was watching the movie ants. i was having fun you know and uh, granted like this isn't a movie i have to see again this isn't a movie i'm not i this isn't a movie i'm gonna buy you know what I mean? But while watching the movie, I had fun. Well, I was having a grand old time until like about like 45 minutes into the movie. I'm like, is this like, are we are we going to go somewhere with this? It gets a little bit, it, yeah, it gets a little bit tiresome uh, when they're like, you know, when like Walton Goggins uh, is chasing them through the streets. I actually, for that part, I was thinking like, man, this is a fun, exciting action sequence. I can't wait for the climax of the movie. Imagine how crazy this is going to be. Oh, this is the climax. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. no. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say. Uh, so okay, my list of good and bad things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked that the villain wasn't just a mustache twirling person. I disagree. I think she kind of was. I think she had the potential not to be, but at the end of the day, I, she was just like, I just want to kill people, fuck everyone. I mean, uh, like she had the troll, the whole token tragic backstory and stuff. But like, I don't, maybe they explained it better in the movie. I just what didn't absorb the the, the the information. But she was why angry. couldn't she just wait? For them to rescue the person. Sure. No, well, and that's... Wait, no, like, I agree I get that. there with, like, oh, you only have a few weeks to live. It's going to take a whole, like, what? Like, four hours to rescue their mom. Just let her, let them do it. And then you can use the thing. It's not like they're keeping it from you. Well, and that's the thing. Okay, so that's sort of on my list of things that confused me was I was very confused what the motivation of that character was. I Maybe I missed something. I don't know. But it's sort of like, okay, so she wants to get to the mom because the mom's going to cure her. Well, then she does anyways. So. But then she does... Because magic. But was it going to kill the mom or something? I don't know. Because I, I, I don't think I quite got that. It's it was sort flimsy. of like, okay, the ghost wants to get to the mom, and then Hank Pym wants to get to the mom. Seems like they just want to get to the mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, okay, maybe you could chalk it up to like, oh, this is just a big misunderstanding, but then they never have that conversation. They never have that, like... 
that we never quite find out why the ghost needs the mom if the ghost needs the mom to be dead I, or something. I just assumed, like, I thought the ghost just needed the machine. I don't, did, did they say that she needed, like, the mom's spirit or something? Because they might have said that, and I just didn't get it. I just, all, for the whole movie, I just thought she I, needed I, that machine. That's the thing is I didn't, I didn't catch it. I didn't I don't understand what's I, going on. For me, watching the movie just the one time, and I'm sure, like, you know, if you've seen the movie a couple times or you, you know, somehow, you know, I, you, I missed something. Uh-huh. From what I understand the plot to be was... They need the machine to get to the quantum realm or to get their quantum particles or whatever, the healing particles or whatever, to cure, yeah. cure me of my ailment. So I need to take this right now because I only have a few weeks to live. As, and then, you know, like, I think, like, Janet or the original Wasp was barely part of her the evil scheme. Uh-huh. So I don't understand why they couldn't have just, like, it's like, hey, ghost, that sucks. Um, why do you even need to, I don't understand why you need to steal this stuff in the first place. Because I could have asked, I guess. Well, and, and, then, then, and, that, uh, and then again, like maybe the, the movie was trying to set that up as some sort of misunderstanding, but it just didn't really come across. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like it could be just because fuck Hank Pym, he sucks. <laughs> but like, again, I am um, speaking of confusing. There was a part where it's like, here's Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne, like and 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 Hank Pym oh, right. got in a whole kerfuffle. And uh, they were like, he quit and was slash was fired. And like, it's like, oh, ha 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 ha. You ruined my career or whatever. And the next scene. The ghost is like, my dad was, uh, you know, ruined by Hank Pym. And then Lawrence Fishman walks in and is like, oh, shit, that's the dad? What a clever twist. And then they do a flashback where her dad's a completely different person. Some other guy. And I was like, wait, what? And, like, my brain, like, I had to, like, pause and, like, reboot my entire brain for two minutes. Because I couldn't pay attention to the movie. Because I'm like, wait, like, it's a different dad? Uh, Hank well, Pym screwed yeah. over two people? <laughs> that's what I don't get is it could have been very easy for them just to make but Lauren, she has to be Lawrence even, Fishburne the dad. But she has to be super tragic with her whole dead parents. Right, yeah. Like, like, it works fine, but it's weird that they had the same thing. And the other thing about that, you know in movies where it's like, you know, you 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 screwed my dad out of the company. You stole his ideas or whatever. And then, like, like the same thing happens in, like, Iron Man 2, where uh-huh. the villain's like, your dad screwed my dad over of millions of dollars. And then, like... Tony Stark's like, yeah, he was like a communist spy or whatever. And like, that's how they hand wave that away. In this movie, Hank Pym, who's unreliable, is like, yeah, that guy sucks. Fuck that guy. It's like, okay, that's it. That's all you're going to say? Like, yeah. he does say, like, oh, he was stealing stuff from me. But first of all, I don't trust Hank Pym. Hank Pym is a proven dickhead in this movie. Yeah, yeah. In both of these movies, you know. <laughs> and, uh, too, it's just, like, just kind of funny. It's like, so wait, you screwed this guy over of all this a company? You stole his technology? Yeah, but fuck him. <laughs> okay <laughs> thanks hank pym great character right yeah i mean well i mean like great hero i mean the one thing i like is that they have made hank pym just an asshole like yeah right? and it's great that's why like i can't but, be too upset that he's a dick it's just like you know give me somebody to root for besides scott lang and scott lang also at the same time is kind of a, the most useless of all the avengers in terms of just like as a character i disagree he, he is just a dude though but he goes into iron man's suit and fucks it up no i'm saying like if like, you give ant-man's suit to like a captain america type oh, or someone that knows oh, their shit you'll have yeah. a real hero he's just a bumbling idiot yeah. <laughs> right yeah like yeah. you know i'm glad that he, it's fun to have an every man bumbling idiot superhero it's like you know it's cute and stuff but like it's again it's like you know you have to work extra hard to prove yourself and you're not sure and i think you know uh, you could look at it this way where it's like okay they had to make hank pym at odds with stark because that ant-man technology you're right could have just been given to anybody but it was only given to this one guy yeah but you know i mean that that's 
drawing your own conclusions, right? Mm. Um, um, so, I mean, with this movie, okay, one thing I liked was uh, there was still a great, more or less, I felt like a great cast. Walton, no, yeah. Walton Goggins in any movie, man, sign me mm. up. Mm-hmm. Sign me up, Anytime, Walton Goggins. He's like a nice just lean cut and beef. He's just like mm. he is, man. He's just like the mashed potatoes on the side of your movie. Did you see the Death Cure? Did you see Maze Runner the Death Cure? I haven't seen any Maze Runner. Walton Goggins was in Maze Runner the Death Cure, and he was just fan fucking tastic. Fantastic and hateful eight. Oh my god. Oh yeah, and hateful eight. Uh, Sons of Anarchy. I didn't really like that show, but was he in Justified? I thought that was the show he was in. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, well, but... in Sons of Anarchy, he was uh he was like a trans prostitute. Oh, he was in that show too. And he was oh. just amazing. It's all over show. FX. Yeah. I just remember he was in Justified because he was like a one-off character that he was so good that they kept him on for the whole series. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I think he was going to like, you know, they was going to write him off or kill him or something. And they're like, this guy. He's but, just, you know, uh, Walton Goggins has this quality about him where he just has just a very, uh, uh, an odd face. Mm-hmm. He's He makes a good villain or he makes a good, like... Anti-hero. He's a great character actor. He's just he's he's great. And uh, you know, I was like, oh man, you know, the, uh, anything to boost this this movie up, mm. give it to Walton Goggins. I mean, like, I like him. I like uh, Scott's trio of, oh, uh, yeah, of, of bumbling friends. They're always pretty funny. That lie detector thing was gold. Michael Pena's great and everything. Yeah, like you yeah. know, I like I feel if it feels like I'm shitting on the movie, it's mostly because I think there's a lot to complain about. Sure, but the movie itself isn't really bad. No, and Not, it's it's just a very fun time. It's, and and if and, and it, but it's one of those things where if you look at it closely, it's sort of like yeah, there's some there's some problems. Well, like I didn't even have to look that closely. Like I'm not like nitpicking the movie with a microscope. It's like no, this is stuff no. like while I was watching, I didn't have to. Th- I was thinking about while watching it, which is usually a bad sign, right? Um, yeah. but like uh, it's just again like the I'm a little just. Just disappointed because you know Marvel's been such a hot streak and like they like tricked me into being like oh maybe Ant Man the Wasp was really fun you know oh, and so yeah. I feel a little betrayed and I mean I don't nah. think this puts a dent in their not in, really in their, in their uh, legacy though like it's no like it like I like Iron Man three a lot but Iron Man three is a lot more hurtful to the MCU than this movie <laughs> is this movie is so ignorable you know how is how is Iron Man three hurtful well, to because the it MCU? like you know. Removes the Mandarin from the stage and like that kind of stuff, you know. Gotcha. Gets rid of Tony Stark's chest thing and. Well, okay, so yeah, the Iron Man three, it 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 has this whole formula for like healing people, basically, right? But then that just disappears. Well, it kind of like it, it explodes people too, though. But then didn't Tony Stark figure it out, and then he used it? Ah, uh, it doesn't like, see it, whatever. So it's like around now, but no one uses it. I yeah, don't know. see, that's the whole thing. Whatever. Iron Man three is. I like it though. Uh, it's still maybe, maybe, maybe my favorite of the three. I think so too. Just, There's the most going on in it. Yeah, it's yeah. hard to say. All three of the Iron Man movies are my favorite. No. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. So, and I thought though, like there was a lot of cool, clever stuff they did with the growing and the shrinking. But I thought Iron the Iron Man, uh, Ant Man one, kind of did it better. Kind of had more in some ways, thing. mostly because it had a small person that Ant Man could fight. With uh-huh. the sh- they could do like the whole Shrinky Dink, like with the train fight, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, like that, that stuff was, was great. That was cool. And this movie has some cool stuff too, but I don't think it really has as much interesting use of the size mechanics as that first one. Mostly because yeah. Ant Man doesn't need to shrink down super small as much. 
Right, yeah. There was actually, it almost felt kind of like there was less of that going on throughout the movie, right? Um, I liked the car stuff. I thought it was. I thought the car stuff was really cool. Yeah, it was cool. But I think also this is a not the movie's fault. This is marketing's fault. But pretty much every cool thing in the in the movie was shown in the trailer, which really bummed oh. me out. Because I because again, like when the car stuff came up, it was like every shot that was cool in the car chase was in the trailer. I'm like, I can't wait for the, the climax of this movie because this stuff is great. Let's yeah. Like, I can't imagine how crazy it will be when the assumedly unshown climax footage comes out. No, this stuff's all the climax. This is the climax of the movie. The Amateurian Giants in the movie. Like, you know, we all know what's going to happen. Right. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah. So I might as well just watch the trailer to get everything I want action-wise. Yeah. Which is real. Which made me sad. Made me sad. Uh, you know, this is kind of an unrelated question, but are they... They're not going to be making any other Doctor Stranges, huh? Uh, they said they were. They announced... Oh, okay. Sort of soft announced it. Like Kevin Feige is like, oh, yeah, sure, for sure. We're making more Doctor Strange. Are you kidding me? Interesting. Okay. Um, now, what Probably I would, like a five-year gap or something uh, in there. We'll, we'll see. I mean, like, they might be in, in pre-production right in now. 2020. Well, they're holding everything that post-Avengers 4 close to the chest. That's true. I mean, the only real announced movies are, like, Guardians Volume 3 and Spider-Man Far From Home. Right, yeah. Um, I'd laugh my ass off if they're, like, they, they come out with this big announcement and they're just like, guess what? A Marvel movie every month of oh. this year, and then it, <laughs> and it's all their different titles, right? So then, of course, everybody wants to see them, and then it just kills, like, it just like fuck fucks over like every other uh, studio. I'd probably fuck over their own studio. Well, I, you, I would not want to watch a Marvel movie every month. Oh, I I would be all over that. I mean, like, I don't know. It just had it would be hard. Like, it's like I, it'd be hard to keep up with for sure. Yeah, it's mostly a, a thing of keeping up. Yeah. Um, now, for Ant-Man, I don't know if they're ever going to make another Ant-Man, because I was looking at the box office returns for this movie today. It's not doing so hot. Well, okay. It's not doing bad, necessarily, but like if you look... like What's it say? What's the worldwide take right now? It's like Right now, it's at... Uh, it's at uh, 296. That's not great. For a big blockbuster movie out for... What has it been? Like two, three weeks now? Two or three weeks? Yeah. That's not like that. so good. Well, okay, I don't know how much this movie costed. Well, it probably didn't cost it as much as the... It, pro- uh, it costed probably slightly more than the first one, maybe about the same. I mean, like compared to the other Marvel stuff, I'm sure it's not like a big bomb or nothing, but if you compare what the first yeah. Ant-Man made worldwide, it's like tracking far behind. Well, okay, so the first Ant-Man worldwide ended up at 519. Yeah, so it's almost at 300, so it might squeak by there, but like, you know, for a sequel to not even beat the first one is not a good sign well okay yeah a couple things i'll say is i think also i think the first ant-man had legs and this new one doesn't seem to it kind of dropped off pretty significantly in the second week right i mean the, the, the one thing i'll say is sort of like i think no one asked for this sequel i wanted to see like ant-man like see with the origin movies i'm like great origins out of the way let's see like let's see them in the field let's do it so I wouldn't. I was, you know. Was anyone really jazzed about the first one, though? Like, I, I, I feel like the first one didn't have enough, like, uh, you know, momentum to really warrant a second one. I don't know. Well, it's, I just think, like, you know, again, there's a wasp character. It's cool. I'd like the, you know, I was like, ooh, the wasp and Ant Man. Look how much. Imagine how much fun you could have. And like, it just turned out yeah. to be sort of just like another, just kind of coasting along movie. Right, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to like say that like no one tried hard or nothing like that's not what i'm implying i'm just saying the movie is just sort of simple and i don't know i think it could have been a lot more yeah um while still being fun and simple and kind of low stakes 
for me, it, it felt like a just boilerplate sequel. That's what it felt like for me. Uh, like it wasn't. I I don't think it was. Uh, again, like I I I feel like me personally, I enjoyed it maybe as much as I enjoyed the first one. Yeah. Um. I wish I had now. Like you know, I had to. I bought all the movies in, in preparation for Infinity War. It's like man, shouldn't have bought Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if you're gonna buy all well, the that movies, that means now I have to buy Ant Man the Wasp. It's that's like I, I've dug myself into this hole. Yeah, but here's the thing. Maybe you'll watch it again, and maybe you'll be I like, will you know what? Not. You know what? Maybe, uh, maybe I like it a little bit more. Nah, because the first Ant Man I liked a little more, but that one I was like, yeah, whatever. And this one I like kind of, you know, like I said, I'm actively didn't enjoy it. Uh, like okay. I walked out of the theater being like, <laughs> I remember, I remember. <laughs> so okay, uh, you gave it a two out of four, if you will, or like a, well, I guess that'd be like a six out of ten. A six out of ten. Uh, okay. A real quick aside. Should I start rating things out of ten? Because I do things out of four stars. It's completely this is up to you. The way I've always done it, but like on Letterbox, I'm throwing off the metric, man. You and everyone's are. Fucking, you are. And everyone who knows how I do things are like, get thrown off the metric, you asshole. Well, here's the thing. So for anybody that doesn't know your rating system, where anybody that doesn't know you personally, they're not going to know what. Yeah. So what's on Letterbox, on. what I do, I think I've explained in the podcast before. I like point five stars and one star, or point yeah, point five stars and one star. I kind of leave blank. And just right. the top half of the of the ranking is what I do things out of, just because it's the way I've always done things out of four stars. Yeah. But if I can... But then you give an extra star because of that, But, right? like, well, no, it means all of my reviews are, like, shifted higher. That's what I that. mean, is, like, you're giving an extra star because it's out of five stars. So, like, like what I mean is, like, okay, so let's say you have a four-star rating and a five-star rating. Yeah. So out of four stars, you would give this thing two out of four stars. Yeah. But on Letterbox, if someone was to look at that, they would see a three out of five. Yeah, but at the same time, I would give it a six out of ten too. I could just retroactively go through all my reviews and make them out of ten because it's actually easy for me, easier for me yeah. to like imagine something out of ten as opposed to out of five stars. So I can be right. like, oh, that's not out of ten. Well, that's, that's why I do half stars because it's sort of like, well, okay, if I'm stuck with five, then I I do. But then again, I do I do half stars for ten stars too. I don't know. Oh, I couldn't do half stars. That's a base twenty system. I could do base ten. But like, yeah. I guess I should go back and just because it's fucking because I'm throwing off the metric. I should go back through all my seventeen hundred movie reviews and like fucking just fix them. Well, okay. So for this, just... I, I'm giving Ant Man and the Wasp a seven out of ten. <gasps> Because I think there's some very enjoyable sequences in the movie, and those sort of make up, for me at least, those sort of make up for a little bit of the confusion with the plot. One thing I really loved, and you'll you'll have to let me know if you liked this, but the whole thing where he has to go into the elementary school yeah. and disguise himself as a kid and stuff, man, I thought that was that pretty was funny. Great. But then again, they didn't really run into much challenge, though. They I, No, it could have been like a longer, an, It more... was like an Ocean's 8 heist where it's like, uh-oh, right, well, yeah. never mind. It was a very short scene. It was like a 10-minute thing, it was right? Like, like three minutes, four minutes. Yeah, maybe. yeah. But I, that was fun. Again, the car stuff was fun. I really liked when uh, Walton Goggins shot uh, Michael Pena with the, the, the truth, truth serum. Like I said, like everything involving those three guys <laughs> is pretty great. And he has, Walton Goggins has to keep telling him, okay, I'm going to ask you one more time. You know, and then Michael Pena would go off on this this rant about whatever, like how they met in prison and stuff. That was I I, I had fun with that. I thought that was fun. I 
you know, the ghost character, I liked her more than the villain in the first movie. I thought the the villain in the first movie, I forget it was a hornet or something. Uh, yellow jacket. Yellow jacket. He was very much just like, I'm going to kill you. I hate you. Hey. Yeah, you they're, know? they're both kind of bad. Right. But with her, like, at least, like, you know, it was cool. She could, like, phase through walls. She had a cool suit. I mean, she'll hopefully come back, you know, because she's not dead. Right, yeah. So that would be nice to sort of, you know, because she's got, like, fine backstory and character and yeah. powers and stuff. I don't know, but she's... Did... She's Ready Player One alum. Ready Player One alumni. Who is she? She was uh, uh, the second hand to uh, the main villain. Oh, yeah. She was, yeah. like... Uh, the, the the love of um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine to to Ben Ben Mendelsohn. Yes, they look basically the same. Yes, uh, she was that. Or was it? Yeah, love. Was it right? Whatever. Yeah. Anyways, um, also, so I would say you know go see it if you want. Like it's not it's a perfectly acceptable fun time summer movie. Sure. Don't expect anything great. You know, I was like the whole movie. I was like, man, I just wish I was watching Infinity War right now. So like, don't go in expecting that kind of movie. I guess. Well, here's the thing. Like, okay, let's say. My brother or something's like, hey, man, I need you to watch my, like, six-year-old niece for an afternoon and whatever, right? I'd be like, I got just the thing. Yeah, per- it's perfect for that. Like, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Not a bad movie. It's just yeah. sort of like, I just didn't find it very... I just had, I just had trouble giving a fuck. <laughs> and I, you know... Perfectly so. understandable, too. I yeah. mean, you know. And that's not, you know, it's no one's fault. Yeah. Or maybe it is, but I'm not going to call anyone out. Um, they don't need a third one. No. Even though they probably will now, have a third one. What did you think of that stinger, the little Infinity War Oh, tie-in? I saw that coming. Um, well, I called sh- that. I, I saw it coming, the too. The moment I, the moment, well, not the moment we walked out of Infinity War, but like after seeing Infinity War, I'm like, I bet you anything at the end of Ant-Man, they're going to have the scene where, you know, that Yeah, happens. of course. Well, I could tell you that, too. Yeah. I actually didn't think it was going to happen, but I would love if like, Janet Van Dyne gets out of the, the thing and Hope's like, oh my god, mom, and they hug and then she just fizzles away. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Well, how much does that suck for uh, Michelle uh, for Janet, right? Yeah. She just got out of being uh, a little uh, microorganism on a on the on the ass of another microorganism. She just got out of that world after thirty five years or something, and then now she just doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> well, they'll be back. Also, I know some people are like, oh, this explains why Ant-Man wasn't in Infinity War. Ant-Man could have still been in Infinity War. No. Well, no, because that... He was on house arrest. The, not real. No, he got out of house what? arrest. I, I don't know if it was huh? the, if it was like the next day, maybe. Well, this was all going... He was Well, under, they explained that in Infinity right. War where he wasn't in it, so I don't know why this movie needed to explain that. But I don't know. It's mostly like... Uh, whatever. Um, and then last point, speaking of which, I know this is just... This is just me. Uh-huh. And... Uh, this is not it's not a scientifically accurate movie, but I remember when, uh-huh. when Michael Douglas and Mitchell Pfeiffer in the quantum realm, I was just like, What are they breathing? Oh yeah. It's like And how does she eat? Yeah. How does she eat some like it would have there's a very okay, so okay, yeah. So we're I'm glad you brought us back to this point because yeah, so he goes down there and she's been down there for thirty five years. We're supposed to believe that she has survived this whole time. Well, I don't know, magic or something. She's got like fucking magic powers, but it's really vague and unexplained. And then you know, she still looks like she is like you know, she still looks like an elegant Michelle Pfeiffer. Which yeah, after thirty five years, and <laughs> my girlfriend was like, "Why is she wearing? Where'd she get that fucking makeup?" 
Yeah, and then she okay, so she then she blows back up, and then she <laughs> honey, I blew up the Michelle right, Pfeiffer. and then she ets the ghost with her finger. Yeah, I was she, thinking that too. I was like, oh, she turned to et. She just fucking ets the ghost, and then the ghost is cured, and then or like everybody's mildly happy. cured or whatever. Right? Yeah, I don't know. It's fine, but whatever, whatever. Again, I don't think it's a failure of a movie. No, of I, course not. No, no. I just don't think it's great. Uh, like, but I had fun. Marvel's worst movie, Iron Man Two, and all that, and the Incredible Hulk, and all that. Maybe not the Incredible Hulk, but like Iron Man Two and all that stuff. It's still better than a lot of movies. Sure, absolutely. And for you know, for for its own like merit, I think I think the MCU does have quality control, and it really is just whatever movie has uh, you know a little less on that spectrum, right? It's not. There, there hasn't been a, a huge swing and a miss, I don't think, from No, them. there hasn't been something along the lines of like a Batman vs. Superman or no. something that's like reviled and <laughs> like messy and just completely right. weird. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, speaking of which, Aquaman looks pretty cool. Oh. I saw some of the pictures have been coming out. Right, yeah, I've it's seen like, it. I like all these costumes. Hey, that's uh, looks I, uh, like literally looks pretty cool. I mean, it like, looks pretty looks cool. cool. Yeah, we'll see. That's coming out this year, right? Yep. Towards the end November of November or Christmas around something there time. like that. What a great Christmas morning present! Going out to see Aquaman. My man, my Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess that wraps it up for me. What about you? Yep. No. Yep. So, okay. Didn't hate it. Didn't, didn't love, love it. it. Just kind of... It's just a movie. It's just kind of a movie. Kind of just don't really care for it, and I probably won't ever really see it again, which is, for, yeah. a, for a Marvel movie, it's just kind of crushing. It kind of crushes my soul. Uh, for me, it's just... Eh. My only my only thing is, like, it's always a bummer when you see uh, these actors that get smaller roles in the MCU, because it's like, oh, man, Lawrence Fishburne could have, like... Been a contender, you could've know? Could have been a contender. Uh, same with Walton Goggins, you know? Yeah. Hey, now that now that Disney owns Fox, bring back that uh, Silver Surfer Lawrence Fishburne voice because he he voice acted. Why isn't Lawrence... Doug Jones in any of these goddamn movies playing like a fucking alien or something? I think you know, honestly, dude, Doug Jones is amazing, but I think uh, maybe uh, I don't know, maybe he's too expensive. I don't know. I doubt that. You get fucking Benicio de Toro as a collector, you can get Doug Jones as an alien. That's true. Yeah. Let's yeah. show up for like a scene in Guardians Galaxy Volume Three and be like, "Hello," with this, you know. <laughs> With his mime hands, you know it's fun. One last thing: the collector um, in in the stinger for Thor two, and then also in Guardians of the Galaxy, he was nutty, but he was still kind of grounded. In Infinity War, he was turned up to fucking eleven. Well, first of all, he was just out of his mind nuts. He's a ghost in Infinity War. Well, so that's true. Yeah. He's just a projection. That's so, true. Take that. Yeah. Anyways, that's been the Film Tastic Void. Please start with Ant Man the Wasp. Uh, go see it. Go let us know what you thought about it in the comments. We love knowing what you think about things. <laughs> Until then, tune in for our regular episodes on Wednesdays. It's going to be a summer smash. Oh, it is. It's a summer smash. <laughs>